And we're back for another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined here by our guest, Sean Stokwa, the former two-sport athlete from Acadia. Um, Sean played basketball and football for the Axemen, and he's now playing some pro hoops and is a professional physiotherapist. So, uh, Sean, you want to take it from here and just briefly introduce yourself, and then uh, we can get into your youth sports experience. Yeah, Zach, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. I'm always uh, always excited to be on a podcast here, and... uh especially with the boys from Eastern Ontario. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, man, right now I'm, I'm overseas in, in Armenia, playing some professional basketball here in the Armenian A-League and doing some physiotherapy stuff uh, just virtually right now with people back in Canada, but also with, uh, with some local people here in Armenia as well. So trying to, trying to juggle a little bit of both. Yeah, and, and Sean's working on me with my Achilles right now and doing a great job. So um, if you're looking for a physiotherapist, Sean's your guy. He'll be doing some work for uh, us in, in person in Brockville as well, starting in uh, March, April. Um, but yeah, so Sean, you have a really unique story. Um, I'm obviously not going to steal too much of it. Why don't you just, uh, what brought you into football and basketball and what other things were you doing as a youth athlete going into you know elementary school and high school there? Yeah, man. So definitely, definitely a long story. In Sitzville, in a little suburb in the west part of Ottawa. And grew up playing pretty much every sport. Like my, my parents played sports themselves. My dad played both basketball and football at university and played professionally for the Ottawa Rough Riders back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, so I have an older sister and a younger brother as well. And very active in youth sports, you know, multiple sports as well. So, you know, just basic things. Like I guess it all started with gymnastics when I was very young. Um, you know, did some soccer, did some hockey, like most Canadian boys, until about the seventh grade. So I was basically playing most sports until about the seventh grade, um, you know, from soccer to basketball to hockey. I didn't do football until much later. But uh, but yeah, most, most, of, most of those pretty classic sports when I was younger, track and field, all that good stuff. I just enjoyed being active, playing with my friends and then competing, you know, whether it was like elementary school cross country meets or elementary school track and field meets. I always really enjoyed that kind of stuff. So naturally being a competitive kid, just liked participating in everything. And then when grade seven came around, I was playing, that was the the year I decided to for both the Goldberg Rams and the Ottawa Valley Titans growing up. And I believe it was the, yeah, the seventh grade when I was cut from the, the Ottawa Valley Titans focus more so on at that point in time and for yeah and they graduated elementary school you're going to middle school or high school where I was from went to Sacred Heart High School and that had grades 7 to 12 so kind of just making the transition going to a different school uh, I switched over to just playing basketball and that lasted until the 11th grade basically when I decided to, to pick up football so it was a long journey, man, and uh, happy to still be playing basketball now, that's for sure. There's just so much I want to get into. It's going to take a minute to unpack it all. So before we get into mm-hmm. like where you are now, um, yep. when you were going through the recruiting process in grade 12, were you being recruited for two sports, or was your strategy to get recruited for one and, and, and try to walk on elsewhere on the other team. How did you, how, first of all, like just tell us about your experience as a two sport athlete and how you just, first of all, how did you swing that? And then how did you like time manage? 
Yeah, great question. So I was definitely always a basketball first guy. And that would have started like probably in the eighth or ninth grade. I was, that's kind of like around the age when, or the year, I should say, when they started ranking players. So there'd be like city rankings or provincial rankings or national rankings. And even at, at that age, like grade eight or nine, I was ranked as, I think I was the second best player in Ottawa for basketball at the time. And uh, I think it was behind Olivier Hanlon, who ended up getting drafted by the Utah Jazz. So he was pretty, yeah, wow. went from, you know, putting all my time and effort into basketball, being a highly ranked basketball player, at least around the city of Ottawa. I played for the provincial team, Team Ontario, um, the summer after grade 10 with a lot of guys who ended up making the NBA. So it was really high, high level basketball for that age at the time. And I knew I wanted to play college basketball for sure, even at that time, you know what I mean? I knew I wanted to be a professional basketball player, regardless of you know the country or the league or whatever it was. I knew I wanted to be a professional athlete had like professional football too. So I knew that, you know, I had some, some history there and I knew that my body was probably better suited for football too. You know, just naturally with being a little bit shorter, I'm about five foot 11 and, uh, you know, relatively quick and fast, but not like God given speed, like some of these other guys, right? Like I had to really work for my athleticism, um, doing stuff in the weight room, for example, and, and just training pretty hard. So, that was part of it. And then I picked up football. Yeah. Like I said, around 16, like in the 11th grade, I played some running back, but I got hurt and missed most of that season. So really my only full year of football was my grade 12 season, which wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, it, it was kind of frowned upon by some people for me to play football, even in that situation, because, you know, my grade, my senior season in high school, I was a top 10 ranked point guard in Canada. And people were kind of like, why the hell are you playing football? Like, that's a stupid decision. Like, you're going to get hurt and it's going to it's going to hurt your basketball career. Right. And that's a legitimate concern, obviously. We're right. And in, in being concerned about that. But uh, at the same time, I think I think there's something to be said for just like being young and and, <laughs> and having some fun with your sports. Like it does. You, you do kind of straddle the line when it comes to scholarships and money and things like that and and you know potentially losing out on those things because you're playing another sport or something like that but I think there is also something to be said for you know just I mean I was playing with some of my best friends on my high school football team those are still some of my favorite memories to this day and how would you how would you how would you help somebody in a similar situation navigate that so like you said, some people need to touch the fire, like, so to speak, to know that it's hot. Um, what like, would you have changed anything or what would you kind of maybe your advice to yourself in that moment have been? Yeah, man. So really good question, because I mean, hey, in the 11th, I held the low back when I was playing running back and I, ba I basically was out for that whole season, like missing it. Football and basketball. So my grade 12 year my senior year who knows how things would have worked out differently but in hindsight things worked out really well for me personally when it came to playing two sports in terms of my individual success so knowing that I wouldn't have done things differently but say things wouldn't have worked out as well maybe I would have done things differently so I'm kind of just coming from a hindsight being 2020 but I think you really got to Man. Like when you're, if you're in a senior, if you're, 
I think grade eleven. Here, well, here's the thing. There's a couple. There's a couple things. Especially when it comes to football, basketball, like you gotta. I don't think you necessarily one that's like your primary sport, but I think most kids do. And then mm-hmm. one that's a bit more secondary. I think basketball game um, um, you got to work on and for the course of the year working. On. But football, medicine. Like if you're like my football IQ was so the game, but because I could run relatively fast. I was relatively aggressive. I could, I could more effective players on the field. So it's, uh, and it complements back. Years playing, playing football, sorry. In university, I've certainly become a better rebounder on the basketball court because of different things that I, you know, was able to work on playing football as a defensive back. So there is some benefit, I think, if you're a high school kid right now and you're like in the ninth, 10th, even 11th grade, and you're trying to decide, like, hey, should I play two sports? Is the injury risk worth it? I mean, it all depends on the sports. I think, you know, playing a second sport gives you the patterns, muscles, and different movements that you wouldn't train otherwise. It actually keeps you pretty fresh, too, logically. Like, I remember when I was playing basketball in, you know, grade 9, 10, and only basketball. Like, I, I suffered from burnout or had before when I was playing multiple sports, even at Acadia, when I was playing two sports, I never suffered from burnout when I was doing twice as much as other people because I was switching the environment and the movements and the sport, right? You just, you stay fresh. You come back to a sport that you haven't played for maybe a few months, right? So I think there's that benefit as well. I think you can actually reduce your odds of long-term injury by playing multiple sports throughout high school rather than just really focusing in on one. But, uh, but it's hard to say, man. It's hard to say how it really depends on the on their goals. Willing to go to sports that might cost me an opportunity to play professionally in both. And just because I just asked like, why, yeah, yeah. So just because I knew that that was like it's so rare and it's such a great opportunity to yeah. play two sports that. Like every year, you know, there's dozens of guys drafted to the CFL from Canada. Maybe a couple dozen that basketball. But I'm like, I have an opportunity to do something playing two sports here that I'm not sure like has been done before. Say for example, like winning two net. I didn't mm-hmm. end up getting that done, but that was my goal going into. Right. I was like, I want to be. And win two national championships and play a big role in both of those teams. And that had never been done before, at least to my knowledge. And I knew that that would be such like such a greater challenge. Just because I knew I could probably go to a U Sports school, play basketball for five years. And I was pretty confident I could do that. But when the opportunity yeah. came up or the idea came up to go and play I don't know if I can pull that off. So yeah, that really excited me. So you went right towards the challenge. You ran right at the challenge rather than taking an easier route. And I really admire that. So like, maybe let's just take a minute and talk about that decision. Yeah, man. Yeah, and that's I think just 
or like, but for me, it was just exciting. When I was speaking with Steve Bauer, he was the basketball coach at Acadia at the time. And I remember sitting upstairs in my room in Stittsville when he brought up the idea of playing. To be honest, like I had been playing high school football, but like I hadn't made a highlight tape. I hadn't sent it to any universities to try to get recruited for football. Like I wasn't recruited at all. When the basketball coach brought up playing football, I was immediately like, wow, I didn't even know that was a possibility. And right away, I was like that. Like, I was like, can you imagine how much fun that would be? And I knew it would be a challenge, but at the same time, it's, it's like we, we should set goals for the things that, you know, we become in the process of pursuing those goals, not necessarily accolades that we get. That was a concept that I was aware of at the time. And I thought like, hey, this is a great opportunity where I'm going to be pushed outside my comfort zone in a lot of ways in both sports. And then as well, in terms of just my character, like, and, uh, and yeah, man, it was definitely tough, but I felt like I grew a lot as a person because of those challenges. And, uh, and yeah, I knew that, Hey, like, will they achieve my potential as a basketball player in the next five years? Sport. I didn't want to give up that basically like what I perceived to be the best college experience. When I knew in the back of my mind, I came in, um, and still make it pro, which which I ended up doing. So mm-hmm. it all it all kind of worked out, man. I feel pretty lucky. And while we're on the yeah, it's amazing. And while we're on the topic of just challenges, why why don't we go into your your four knee surgeries? Um, I guess your passion as a physiotherapist, and then like going through those knee surgeries, becoming a <laughs> pro basketball player. Your mind must have just been going wild because I imagine. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but there must have been a time there where you may have thought that you were done with high-level sports, and, and then you got a, a pro contract offer. I had four leg surgeries sur- overall, and uh, three of them were actually ankle surgeries, and then one was an ACL surgery. So I had uh, my third year playing football at Acadia. I dislocated my ankle and fractured the fibula bone on the side and I tore like a bunch of ligaments particularly the inside ones so I needed reconstructive surgery the next day and they put a bunch of they put a plate on my fibula and a bunch of screws through it and then they put one massive screw through the middle of the ankle and yeah man that's it's it's essentially a career-ending injury for a lot of guys um like for example at Acadia I know three guys who have had a similar injury and most of them played like the next year. One guy got hurt again the following year and the other two guys played one more year and then kind of called it quits. So it's a tough one to deal with for sure. Um, But uh, that was definitely. um, There was times throughout that process. So I was 20 years old at the time. Right now I'm 28. There was times when I was 20 years old. Man, is it for me, like, am I done, like, playing high-level sports because of this, you know, because I bit off more than I can chew and decided to play two sports and didn't take good enough care of my body? Like, those are all thought processes going on. And, and not even, like, just with my ankle, but, like, my whole body after playing two sports for a couple of years. You know, my other ankle was bugging me. My shoulder was bugging me. There was all sorts of things where I was, like, even after resting, for example, my, like, during the surgeries, 
I wasn't really doing much. I was training for my other body parts, but some of them still just took so long to recover that I was like, shit, like this could be it. And yeah, man, definitely during my third year at Acadia, there was times where I was like, ah. Over the course of the next year, I was able to eventually get my athleticism up to it was to the point it was better than before the ankle surgery. And that was a huge eye opener for me too, because I was like, okay, the the body's really capable of handling a lot of trauma. Like even even in situation and, and there's like it's definitely nuanced, but the body's designed to recover, you know, and adapt to the level that it was at, if not more following a significant trauma. And there's a couple exceptions to that. For example, like a spinal cord injury, like you're not going to bounce back to the level you're at. But when we're talking soft tissue injuries, like hell yeah, like you give your body the right input and you can bounce back to the same level, if not to a higher level, especially if you start to address some of the little weaknesses or blind spots that you were ignoring before your injury. And the injury can be a really good wake up call for stuff like that. Like I was doing several things that probably weren't advantageous to my athleticism prior to my ankle surgery. And then just switching up those things, I think helped bring up my performance to a new level, even if I was just getting my ankle back to what it was. So that was a big thing. And then when it came to the ACL surgery, I think the lessons I had learned through my previous ankle surgeries were I had already learned them and it was kind of you know like I said after the ankle surgery I made some changes and I was like okay like I made these changes I'm good to go right like I'm never gonna get hurt again like I learned my lesson and then boom you know tear the ACL playing basketball at the University of Ottawa I was doing grad school there at the time so that's why I was still had some eligibility left and it was just like you, part of you thinks that you could have prevented this from happening. You know what I mean? Like you should have learned your lesson already. And I think, you know, part of that might be true. Like, I think there's a lot of injury and then they get out of pain. They return to the court of the field. They don't really change anything. And then inevitably it's the same joint or another joint through compensation. But I think, uh, for me mentally that but that second one was almost tougher to handle because I felt like I had let myself down where I had from the previous injury and maybe I just hadn't applied it as well as I could have. That being said, the ACL injury, you know, we see a lot of guys come back from ACL injuries these days. So I was, I was pretty confident that I would be back after that ACL surgery. Um, but, but there was times throughout that rehab too, where I was like, damn, did, did like did my surgeon mess up, did mess this up? Like, There'd be, there'd be little hiccups here and there, but, uh, yeah, man, it was just a process and you just gotta, gotta trust the process, keep doing the work. And I think it's such an important thing for the athletes to hear you say that. Um, to your point, uh, just a minute ago there with my Achilles injury, after the fact you, you sit down and you think about, okay, like, what was I doing? What was I doing? And you're right. Like I even realized after the fact that when I'm like, as a two foot jumper, I was still loading my left leg a bit more. So mm-hmm. the Achilles tendons more than likely to take the beating on the left side. So like, again, in hindsight, I should have known that with like the degrees I have and, and what we do for work, but mm-hmm. it's very difficult with theory and application. And, and that's why it's always nice to have someone like you to bounce ideas off of as the physio side of things. So, um, just a wild story Four four leg surgeries. Uh, it looked like you might've been done there. And now let's just take a minute 
to like your current opportunity and uh, being able to play pro basketball overseas? Yeah, man. So it's crazy now to think about it, man. Like I said, I'm 28 now, turning 29 in uh, about a month. And my body feels really good, man. Like it feels better than it did when I was 18, 19, 20. Um, and it's, I think, yeah, like I said, I think it's just a matter of the things I've done on a daily basis for the last decade, as well as like removing some of the, some of the trauma from the football field and not playing yeah. basketball maybe as frequently too, cause that can really take a toll. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, after my last year at university of Ottawa, uh, COVID hit like right when we were and took the next year off because it was very difficult to find jobs and it still is really difficult to find jobs as an overseas basketball player because you're competing with other Americans and Canadians basically for a limited amount of import spots so most teams a lot of countries have leagues Ireland, England, Spain, Italy, France, Germany you name it like these these countries especially the bigger ones have, have multiple leagues but there's only for example maybe two to four spots on each team for people who aren't from that country. Um, Yeah. Like in my league, we have three imports in Armenia here on my team um, from like me and then two other guys from the States. And it's uh, yeah, man, it's just, that's how it goes. It's like, there's plenty of guys in Canada, for example, who are good enough to play professional basketball in a lot of these leagues. Like, like if you're a starting player for a top 10 U sports team like you're a professional level basketball player for sure it's just a matter of like having connections or if you're able to kind of out compete other guys from the states or Canada for those you know two to four import spots on these teams so that's where it gets kind of tricky but uh, I was lucky enough to have an agent out of Bulgaria who found me a contract in Armenia this year and uh, that's where I've been playing since since October and it's going well, man. Overseas, it's been, it's been hitting uh, like after, especially after taking a year off, it's, uh, I wasn't sure how rusty I would be and stuff like that. But after shaking off the rust and getting back into it, it's been good, man. I think I'm, I'm leading the league in three point percentage right now. And, uh, we got two games left. So I'm hoping to keep that going and then hopefully move up to a different and better league next year. Um, come back to Ottawa for the summer and put in some work there and uh, keep training. And then, yeah, hopefully, hopefully get another contract in Europe next year. And what I hear you saying is like through persistence, determination, and just like relentlessness, you were able to still come back and like hit your original dream, your original goal. So, I mean, as an athlete then and now, what, what was your why like internally motivating you? And I think I've got a few. I think I've got a few. Um, yeah, yeah. Like naturally, I think you know I just want to do the best I can um, and kind of achieve my athletic potential. Um, like it's always, like I said, it's always been a goal of mine to play professional sports, whether it was basketball or football. And I didn't really want to leave that on the table, especially knowing that I was good enough. Like it's one thing to say, like okay, like I, I tried my best, and I'm just not going to cut it. Like not good enough to play professional, whatever it is, because I don't have what it takes. But like, it's another thing. If you really do think you have what it takes and coaches have told you in the past, like, yeah, you're good enough to play professionally, et cetera. Like you're playing with and against them. I was just like, man, I got to do this. You know what I mean? 
love and it's been always what I wanted to do. So that was one thing. And then family-based, myself. It's, it's one thing when you're trying to get shit done. Um, Sports, whatever it is, um, and I think I don't think that's wrong. Like I think that's that's very valid and very natural. But I think it's also just as natural to try to be successful uh, for the whether that's you know trying to inspire people. You know whether that's me thinking okay, during these surgeries, you know I'm thinking like wow, you know I know that I'm looking to, up to guys who have made it to the next level after an ACL surgery when I'm having my surgery or when I'm rehabbing. So I'm like, okay, that'd be really cool if I could do that for somebody else. Like say like I do what it takes and I make it to the next level. Like I can come and go speak to a team and I know that they'll get more out of that just because I've done it. So just the younger kids who have similar goals was definitely something that put the idea too of, my, my family history, so again, my dad played professional sports for the Ottawa And, and then on my mom's, mom's side, her dad played for the Ottawa Rough Riders as well in the 40s when it was like a mega. Okay. His dad played for the Ottawa Senators hockey, hockey team, and they won a Stanley Cup in like 1904 or something crazy like that. So basically there was three generations of professional athletes in my family, whether it was my dad's side or my mom's side. And I was like, there's uh -oh. no way, there's, I was like, there's no way that this streak is going to end on my watch. You know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. because, you know, it's, it's what I wanted to do. It's not like my parents were pressuring me to do something. It's like, I love doing this. I'm inspired to do this. There's so much family history with this. It would be cool if I could make it a century straight of professional athletes in my family. So something that I would kind of, I would, I would call it the Century Club, basically. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was always trying to make the Century Club. And, uh, and I would think about, you know, my ancestors, like my, my grandfather and my great-grandfather, who I never got to meet. But I always would picture them supporting me in, like, a spiritual way when things got yeah. tough. And, yeah. uh, and that really does make a difference for me, man. Um, like, it makes all the hair stand up on the back of my neck and shit like that. And... Uh, I think that's something unique too. That that kind of gave me the belief in myself. Like, hey, I can. It runs my family history, and I have this. Um, I think that was really helpful. Yeah, from a psychological perspective. I think that's yeah, very cool, and I I really agree with like kind of where your goals were aligned. Like, yeah, you had your wants personally, but your your goal was like outside of that, and I think that's like a honestly a prerequisite for becoming a pro athlete it has to be bigger than yourself so yeah. the last thing i have for you sean is do you have any deep meaningful advice for i mean that was great but do you have another piece of advice for the next uh generation of athletes who are just you know maybe looking for that little extra bit of motivation or trying to accomplish some similar things that you've been able to yeah man so one thing that comes to mind is just training hard and training a lot like the amount of time I put in from the ages of like eight to 18, just by myself shooting a basketball in a gym, like it was a lot, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I had coaches, you know, both my dad and other younger coaches, Tony House, Dave Smart, these guys, Dave DeViro, who were college coaches in the area for Carleton and U University of Ottawa. And, you know, they would tell me stories about 
the players that they were coaching and their work ethic and how often they'd be in the gym and how hard they would train. And you just kind of get an idea like, okay, um, that's what it takes. You know what I mean? To, to be the best at the college level in Ottawa, for example. So like I would usually go home after school and then go back to the, so our, our athletic director at Sacred Heart, Ron Lacuziak, shout out, shout out to Ron. So Ron, uh, Ron wouldn't let me play on the senior team in the ninth grade because I was too short. And, uh, and he also wouldn't let us use the gym because of insurance reasons. So Ron would usually check out around 4 PM most days. And that's what usually when I'd go back to school, cause our school ended at like two 30. So I'd go home, get something to eat. And then I'd walk back to the high school, um, around like four, four 15, four 30. Cause I knew Ron would be gone and I would just use the gym by myself <laughs> and get, sh- and get shots up for like an hour or two. Or sometimes I'd be with one of my teammates, Vic Gill. And, uh, and it was just that kind of mentality, man. It's like, yeah, you might have to break some rules, like big deal. You know what I mean? It's like, find extra work. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're gonna have to, but just in hindsight, it was like just the, the volume of, of shooting that I got in was, I think, I still think to this day, like more substantial than my competition in, at least in the area, you know what I mean? And I think that's really what's separate, what separated me um, at the college level a little bit and then, you know, continuously in the pro level now is like your brain remembers all the skill work you put in, like all the skill, all the shooting I did in high school, taking time off from my surgeries and things like that. Like your brain remembers, your body remembers that skill work never goes to waste. So that's one thing. Because your body will revert to the positions that you practice. So yes, absolutely. Like you fall to the level of your training, right? So that's, that's one thing is like, I think if kids are trying to get to the next level from high school, you gotta, you got, you gotta work hard. That's one thing. And then working smart is the second thing, right? Like I think when I was in, so one mistake I made in high school is I worked with a trainer who was strictly online where I didn't necessarily get the in-person coaching that I probably could have used at least in the weight room. And I think I might've, potentially set myself up for some further injuries down the road. I just think it would have been more beneficial to, to work with some kind of high school career in the office. I'm a body. Um, that's definitely something I would do if I was in high school these days is make your, make your training a prior when it comes to improve. Cause it's like, that's how you get more athletic, man. Like you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're given certain tools in terms of like Achilles length and limb length and, and things in terms of what you can do with it, like you can get so much stronger, you can get so much leaner, you can get so much better in the weight room just by following a, a strict plan and, and knowing, you know, you know, you don't have to educate yourself on these things. You can go hire someone who knows who like, like us, for example, who, who have been there and done this and went to school for it. Like it's uh, that's definitely something that, that I would consider because that can, that can make you a lot faster. That can improve your 40 time. That can improve your vertical jump a lot. You know what I mean? If you train consistently from grade nine to grade 12, like that's a big deal. And that can make you a lot better of a player. I know it made me a lot better of a player. Um, it's one of the reasons that I could actually go and play football in grade 12 is because I'd actually spent a few years training pretty hard. With, with only weights. reason I was able to play football was my a bit, a physical ability. Like, yeah, I completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, totally, totally. So that's something too that I just see guys neglect, like whether it's basketball, it's more common in basketball than football, but to, to just not really have any experience in the weight room, you're just, 
giving up a lot of your potential. Um, and sometimes, right, it's like you, you need to hit certain markers by eight, by 18 years old or else you don't get recruited and that's that. So, you know, the sooner you can start, the better, basically. So that's one thing is like you want to work smart. If you do get hurt, you want to take your time to come back from these injuries so that they don't end up, you know, trans translating into some other injury because you didn't really fully recover and you just compensated. So just being smart with that, working hard, getting in the time and the reps, even when you don't necessarily enjoy it, like it's not always going to be fun. But uh, but if you can find a way to make it fun, that's that's huge. If you can do it with a friend, like I had friends in high school, like I said, Vic Gill, my best friend, and, and we would go to the gym and get shots up together. And uh, my other best friend, Chris Leakes, we would go to the gym and we would lift weights together. So, you know, I wasn't always by myself doing these things. Um, it makes it a lot easier if you can if you can have friends with you doing the same stuff. So, and more commonly now, I don't think it's, I think there's something to be said for social media, both good and bad. Like if you're a high school athlete and you're trying to get to the next level, I personally, I didn't have social media or Instagram, even when I was at university, because I felt like it was a distraction from, you know, getting the real work done. Yep. And I think that's, that's still a common theme amongst a lot of the best athletes in the world. If you look like, like guys are just so focused on, on what they need to do. Right. And Instagram or TikTok like plays no, no part in that. And it's, uh, but it's just a part of our society and culture now, basically. Like I have, there's not a lot of high school kids who don't spend a lot of time on these apps, but I think it's important to understand that you're not doing yourself any favors by spending a lot of time on these apps. Like, Hey, yeah, you might be able to learn a thing here. Like, performance based coaches on these apps but um most like it's you you could do yourself a favor by using it to to post videos of yourself i think to to maybe attract more like scouts and coaches because they do use that that stuff yeah like coaches and scouts are on social media and i think if you can create a profile where you know it just promotes good values. Like it shows you're a hard worker. It, sh it maybe it shows some of your, some of your weight, weight room accomplishments or like videos of you doing that. Maybe some of your skill work on the basketball court or on the football field. Like, I think that's good stuff. Um, I think that is only going to be useful for when coaches and scouts are, are recruiting and they're trying to see what you're about. You know what I mean? Because before social media, it would just be a highlight tape and, and don't get me wrong. That's really good. Like you want to put together a highlight tape, have a really good game film that you can send out to coaches. But, uh, but I think using your social media to market yourself as an athlete is, it can be helpful and I think useful going forward, but you just got to be careful because mm -hmm. it's, there's, it's a double-edged sword. You can waste so much time on the app and while you're out scrolling on TikTok, someone else is putting in work and you're also attention span by flipping from video to video all day. So it's like, there's, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to it, but I do think it is something to consider for sure. And in summary, I think the two biggest takeaways there is you need to surround yourself with people who are on the same mission in life as you. Um, and well, absolutely, I'm not going to paraphrase the last part there because you, you hit it on the head. So this was season four, episode three of Athletic Insights. Mr. Sean Stokwa, thank you so much for your time. Hey, Zach, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. And we're out.